0: You're listening to the Citrus Church Podcast. Now, here's the message. Uh, This morning, we continue our sermon series exploring some of the time that the Israelites wandered in the desert. Um, So we're going to look at another part of that story today, but I want to kind of focus in on what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the spiritual importance of food. That's right, the spiritual importance of food. And if you heard me say that and you're thinking to yourself, I don't really know that food matters to my inner life, right? Like I don't know that that really shapes my spiritual life or my thoughts and feelings and emotions. That may be kind of a stretch. I want to invite you to at least consider for a moment uh, your attitude when you get hungry, or in my case, when I get hangry, right? Like if I go too long without eating, like I, I get grumpy and people can attest to this, right? I still resonate so much with that Snickers commercial like where they turn into someone else because they're hungry and the tagline, you know, hungry, why wait? But think about it this way too. Has there ever been a meal that, that inspired you, right? Like you're probably not going to find that like at a fast food place, but have you ever been to like a a restaurant or an experience where you you ate a dish that was just made with with love and, and craftsmanship and it inspired you or motivated you? Uh, On the other hand, have you ever had a meal that was so bad that you will just never return to that restaurant or that establishment, right? So maybe we don't think food matters that much, but it's a reminder to me that food does impact our lives. And I came across a a particular quote this week. And if you think about scripture, it says this, this is your gentle reminder that one time in the Bible, Elijah was like, God, I'm so mad. I want to die. So God said, here's some food, why don't you have a nap? So Elijah slept, ate, and decided things weren't so bad. Never underestimate the power, the spiritual power, of a nap and a snack. Can I get an amen on that one? I mean, that's the idea this morning, is that many of us have a love-hate relationship with food, and God understands the impact that food has. And so the story we're looking at today has a lot to do with with food, and the Israelites. So the big question that's before us this morning, and as we look at this experience, and as we look at this particular season that we're in too, is this question. Will God provide what we need in this wilderness season? That was the question that was on the minds of God's people as they left Egypt. And My hunch is that's the question that many of us are facing in this season. Maybe we haven't articulated that or said it out loud, but in the back of our head, somewhere in the quiet, we're thinking, will God really be able to provide what I need in this season? We're going to dig into that today because this was the question that the Israelites had also. And what we've been doing is we've been following the journey of the Israelites as they were enslaved in Egypt As they were liberated by God with the help of Moses, as they made their way up to the Red Sea, and as the waters parted and they made their way through the sea. So now that they're through the sea, they're on the other side, and they began this journey that they didn't necessarily know what it would entail, but they would be wandering in the wilderness for a period of time. Now, the wilderness is just kind of a fancy way of saying the desert. And the wilderness or the desert then, like now, was a place that was uninhabited, that was isolated, that was alone, where there was a scarcity of resources and people. It's not the kind of place you want to be, much less spend a long period of time. And so we pick up the story this morning in Exodus 16, just as they've gone to the other side of the Red Sea, and they've begun their journey through the wilderness. So to share with us our scripture for this morning is Lauren and Noel Falk. So let's take a listen.
1: Good morning, I'm Lauren Falk and I'm Noelle Falk and today we're very excited to share the scripture with you from the second book in the Bible, Exodus chapter 16. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the Sin Desert, which is located between Elam and Sinai. They set out on the 15th day of the second month after they left the land of Egypt. The whole Israelite community complained against Moses and Aaron in the desert. The Israelites said to them, Oh, how we wish that the Lord had just put us to death while we were still in the land of Egypt. There we could sit by the pots cooking meat and eat our fill of bread. Instead, you've brought us out into this desert to starve this whole assembly to death. Then the Lord said, Moses, I'm going to make red rain down from the sky for you. The people will go out each day and gather just enough for that day in this way, I'll test them to see what, wherever or not they would follow my instructions. On the sixth day, when they measure out what they have collected, it will be twice as much as they collected the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, This evening you will know that it was the Lord who brought out, out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the Lord's glorious presence because your complaints against the Lord have been heard. The Lord spoke to Moses. I've heard the complaints to the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will have your fill of bread. Then you will know that I am Lord your God. In the evening a flock of quail flew down and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a layer of dew all around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the desert surface were thin flakes, as thin as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, What is it? They didn't know what it was. Moses said to them, This is bread that the Lord has given you to eat.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that with us, uh, Noel and Lauren. I appreciate that. And if this story sounds odd, I want to invite you to consider this at least. How... Maybe you as a child responded when you arrived at the dinner table, or how your children respond today at the dinner table when you have worked and provided and you've placed on the table before them something that is hopefully healthy and will fill them and kind of checks off all those food groups. And their response, like the Israelites, is, What is it? It's dinner. (laughs) Isn't that the response? It's dinner. And so. God provides for the Israelites, and their response is, I don't know what that is. I've been trying to explain this idea, and the term manna is actually a a way of saying just kind of a flat wafer. And so as I explained it to the kids, I told them it's kind of like cornflakes. This is a product placement. Catalogs, you're welcome to send us a donation. But when you think about uh, cornflakes, it's these little thin flakes. Now, obviously, it wasn't quite like this, But this is the idea that manna was a very thin, tight piece of bread. And here's what caught my attention this week as I read this passage. Was that in verse 3, as was read for us, we find that the Israelites are complaining. And they're saying, oh, how we wish that the Lord had put us to death while we were still in Egypt. And notice this. There we could fill our pots with meat and eat our fill of bread. so notice that the two things that they complained to Moses about were the meat and the bread. And on the flip side of that, I want you to also see this because notice that when they were complaining just to Moses, God was listening to them. Take a look at this. And in 1612, it says this, I've heard the complaints of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat. And in the morning, you will have your fill of bread. It almost sounds word for word from how they described it before. We want meat and we want our fill of bread. And God says, I hear you. You'll have meat and your fill of bread. And so in this moment, what really captured my attention was that the Israelites had thought that God had abandoned them and left them and and basically rescued them into the wilderness And then basically took a giant step back. But God is clearly still listening to them. Which means that God is still with them. Whether they can recognize it or not. And just because to the Israelites, it seems like all hope is lost. That everything has fallen apart. That hope is distant and far away. That they were just better off before and that Perhaps they were better off in Egypt. That's how they feel. That's what they're experiencing. And so the answer that they found came in the form of a meal. The answer to that question of, is God going to be able to able to provide for us what we need in this season came in the form of a meal. I don't know about you, but I like that God understands that. Sometimes I just think with my stomach. And if I'm hungry, I can't get much further down the road than I need to. And when God provides a meal, their response becomes, what is it that you're trying to feed us? But I think that the question of what is it is bigger than this mysterious bread on the ground. They understood the quail running through, right? They they could get their mind around that. It's hard for us to get our mind around the dew that settles and becomes a bread, right? But the question here of what is it, you know, the definition of manna is bigger than just the bread. Because I think their question of what is it is, what is this wilderness? What is it that you are trying to do in this season, God? What is it that we are doing here? Is this what it looks like for us now? Is it going to get any better? Maybe they were asking the question, if God is God and God is good, I don't know that a wilderness and a desert experience is exactly what I had in mind for my next step. So, I mean, yeah, they're confused about the bread, but their question is, what is this, all this that you've laid out before us, God? This idea of a daily manna, and if you caught that, the principle of the manna was that it would appear every morning. They could gather enough for the day. They gather too much, it would expire overnight overnight. So really, they could only gather enough for the day. And the next morning, there would be enough. Now, in preparation for the Sabbath, they could gather two days and it would stay good. But the idea here was essentially that they were getting their daily manna, their daily bread. Does that sound familiar from as we pray the Lord's Prayer? Give us this day our daily manna. We're praying and we're asking God for just enough for today. And that sounds nice and flowery and appealing. But I like to know that there's more than just enough for today in my bank account, right? That's Lord, just give me enough for today doesn't apply to that area. It doesn't apply for me to my refrigerator, right? Lord, just give me enough home or apartment or condo for today. I'll worry about the next tomorrow. You and I can relate to how these Israelites feel It takes a lot of trust and faith to live each day at a time. But what God wanted the Israelites to see was that God would give them enough grace for today and God would be right there again tomorrow with the same thing. And so I think a lot of what that wilderness season was about for them was that they were learning who God was and and what they could trust God for. That they couldn't gather and and hoard things and hold on to stuff because it would expire. And there's a life lesson in that, right? There was fresh grace for each day, and the Lord would provide it. So I wonder this morning if any of us are asking the same question. What is it? What is this that's going around? Can you resonate with how those Israelites might have felt? Maybe you're asking, God, what in the world are you doing? Where are you? If you are good, why haven't things been fixed yet? Why do they feel like they're getting worse? These are the questions of the wilderness season. Now, there's a reminder in this that in this particular season that we're in with with COVID and with everything else that's going on, God doesn't create the problems in the world out of this kind of sick desire that we'll find a way through it. Or God doesn't send diseases so that we'll draw closer to God. That's, That's not at all how this works. But as things happen in the world, what we find instead is that God invites us to draw closer to God's self. And so asking these questions in the wilderness is okay. Notice that the Israelites were complaining and God still listened and provided, So we don't have to get it all right, like, oh God, you are holy, and I want to perfectly ask that I might have everything that I need, right? We feel that sometimes. Maybe it's comforting, maybe it's not, to know that God also listens when we complain, because we follow a God who knows our heart and our needs, and recognizes those things. So let me offer a few tips and reminders for this season. The first, as I said, is that God was listening And provided what they needed. And I think it's neat that God provided exactly what they asked for. They knew what they needed. It was God's way of saying, I know what you need too. I've got you. Whether it's a heartfelt prayer or just grumbling because we're hungry or we're spiritually hungry, or we're we're hungry for relationships, or we're hungry for human connection, or we're hungry for things to go back to the way they were, or we're we're hungry to see justice done, right? When we're hungry, it's hard for us to see kind of beyond those places. So it's a reminder that God hears that too. And this is a reminder that God is present now, even if we can't see it. Even if we struggle to believe it. So maybe a tip is just try asking God, what is it? I know you didn't cause this, but what can I learn in this season? What do I need to learn in this season? How can I find you in the mundane, in the everyday stuff? How can I pray that I don't fail to recognize the many ways that you are providing manna each day into my life, that you're providing not just food and resources, but you're also providing friends and connections. And maybe they don't look like what I want right now, but God, help me to see the manna that appears in my life and to be grateful for it. For many people for whom this season has drastically changed their work or their life, where they live, what they do, the what is it question can say, are you leading me somewhere different or new? Are you trying to make a change in my life in a different direction? To help us kind of remember this principle and to hopefully make it more tangible, I got to thinking about as I described what Um, manna might look like. I got to thinking about when I was a kid and I would get a cereal box. And I don't know what it was like for you, but for me, when we would go to the grocery store, I would begin to look at all the cereal. And I wasn't smart enough to know that they were putting all the stuff with the most sugar, like right at my eye level as a kid. But when I would go to pick out a cereal, yes, I wanted the one that was like multicolored. Yes, I wanted marshmallows. But mostly I just needed to know what the prize was. So a cereal like this with no prize was no good, right? And there were many seasons and many weeks where I would pick the cereal I wanted based not on the cereal, but on the prize inside. And you probably did this too, right? You, you get home, you open it up, you take the bag out because you don't need the cereal, you just need the prize. And, and this is hard for us, like in quarantine times, we would just go like, like deep into that cereal to get that prize. Germs didn't exist back then, apparently. It wasn't about the cereal. It wasn't about that. It was about the prize inside. And maybe that sounds a little bit a little bit cheesy, but I want you to think about everyday stuff like that because everyday things like cereal can help remind us of God. The prize for the Israelites wasn't the manna, it wasn't the quail. It was the thing inside. It was the heart of God for them. That was the prize. That's what it was about. And that's what it is for us. God provides and takes care of us and looks after us. And yeah, everything doesn't always work out right, right. And yes, bad things do happen. But in the midst of that, it's not so much about all this stuff. It's about the prize, the heart of God for you and for me. And the answer to the question of, will God provide what I need in this season for the Israelites was yes. Yes. It was different, but God provided. And so the question for us too, will God provide in this season? Yes. So I hope that this week that you can find a way to maybe stretch that out and provide food for someone else. Maybe that you can find a way to provide food for someone in the wilderness, whether real food or whether a listening ear, a prayer, a scripture that might encourage them. And when they say to you, or maybe they don't, what is this? Your response can be, God's grace for you. God's provision for you right now. Because even in the wilderness, there is more than enough grace for all of us.
1: Thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website,
0: citruschurch.org. If you found refreshments in this message, share it with a friend. And hey, God loves you.